Hi, my name is Juliette Selgren, and this is my podcast, The Great Antidote. This podcast has been brought to you by the Center for Growth and Opportunity at Utah State University. To learn more, visit www.thecgo.org. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, it's the end of the year, so we decided to do something special, and that is a year in review episode. So I'm kind of excited. It's kind of new, kind of different. It's also been a crazy year, and this podcast has been on such an incredible journey in such a short period of time, not even a year. Um, first, it was Juliet's Uncommon Knowledge, and then I partnered with the CGO, and then we became the great antidote, because who doesn't love Adam Smith? And now we're here, which is crazy. Um, it's also been a crazy year in terms of everything else. Um, so I don't know. I think it's good to kind of look back. Um, so today what I want to do is go and look back and dive into the first question. You've probably heard it a million times by now, and I know I definitely have also. I think on my deathbed, th- these might be my last words, not even on purpose because I've said it so many times, it's so deeply ingrained in my brain. So just again, it is, what is the most important thing that people my age or in my generation should know that we don't? And I think I asked this question for a few different reasons. First, it's kind of an icebreaker. I'm only 17, right? So I feel like compared to an expert, there's already such a big gap between us in our knowledge ages sometimes, you know, I just, it just feels like so much. And so to make it a little bit more comfortable to give me an understanding of the person, I ask this question. It's familiar. It's comfortable. Um, it breaks the ice. It also gives me this interesting window into the soul, into the way that this person thinks. It allows me to understand what they value So instead of asking, what do you value? What makes you tick? Like, what, why do you get up in the morning? What do you think is the most important thing in our world today? I ask my first question. And it's hard to answer questions about yourself, especially such direct questions. So asking this kind of indirect question serves as that window where you can see in, you can see, oh, this is how they evaluate things. This this is what's important. This is their decision-making process. This is how they see the world. And I don't know, it, it's a really fast way to grasp how someone thinks and who they are in also a pretty comfortable and easy way. Um, I also just think I don't know anything because I mean, I'm so young, but even as I grow older, I just realize more and more how little I know. And so I think That's what I want to share with people is like, what are the little things? What are the big things that we don't know that we really need to know? Um, So, you know, that's what I want to look at today. Um, So we're going to go through. And of course, I can't rank any of these because I 
love every single one. I've learned from every single response to every question, every episode, every person. It's all unique. Even if the response in nature is similar about a similar topic, I get something different out of it based on the way someone explains it or what analogies they use. It really just depends. Um, So we're going to go through and I've picked out a few that I think are really important that really stood out to me this year. And so I just want to look back at them. Um, Okay. So to start off, we have Andrea O'Sullivan. I love this one because I'm a math person. I I don't like math in terms of a career probably, but math just makes sense. It's something I enjoy doing, which most people would kind of look at me all disgusting for saying that, but compound interest is something that I've never really understood. And so in applying that and in her explanation, it finally clicked in my brain. I understood why. I knew why it worked. And there's this really complicated, it's not that complicated, but it's something you definitely don't want to have to remember that you hope is given to you for the test type of thing because the formula is kind of gross and it doesn't make much sense unless you understand what's going on. And so for me, it was just very helpful, but also really cool because it applies to everyone in life and also especially me with my strange love of doing math for fun sometimes. Uh, And I thought a little bit about this, and I think probably the most practical uh, thing you guys should know, which is something that every generation should know, is compound interest, right? Or the logic of compounding generally. Um, So there's the classic kind of thought experiment where you ask somebody, would you rather have $100,000 right now or one penny that doubles every day for a month? right? And you're like me, the first thing you think is, wow, $100,000 is like a ton of money. I'd love to have that right now. I'll put it all in Bitcoin, <laughs> right? You know, that that just, you see that big number and you think, let's, let's do that. And you think about the penny doubling. You're like, what, after 30 days, what is that? Like $17 and change. But actually, when you sit down and do the math, that one penny doubling turns out to be somewhere well over uh, $100 or not 100, sorry, $10 million, right? Like some far greater sum by several factors of 10 than the um, $100,000. And the reason uh, is that it is actually a geometric sequence. We tend to think linearly, which is why when you first hear about the penny, you think it's not gonna be that much money, but because that number is growing on itself exponentially, it you know very quickly uh, shoots up in the exponent uh, into, you know, towards infinity. Uh, it, it just grows and grows and grows. So the implication of that, why, why does that matter? Well, right now we're going through the coronavirus crisis. So obviously there's an application there in terms of how these things spread, but more relevant to your long-term life, uh, that kind of tells you why it's so important to save right now. Uh, when you're young is when, you, you know, well, at least me, when I put it on myself, that's uh, when you're most uh, more likely to, you know, want to just have fun today and kind of not think about tomorrow. But that's when you have the greatest benefits from saving money. Uh, that's going to pay the, the longest lifetime dividends. So uh, I, I highly recommend young people. I wish I took this advice sooner to heart. Uh, understand compounding and save money as soon as you can. So the next one is Rachel Grazler, and I think that her response is so important because 
I often think about, well, how are we doing today? I know I value this. We value this. The Constitution says this. But she talks about why. Look at, look at the history. Um, why did we embrace these freedoms? Why do we have this form of government? And if we kind of forget that, we're going to lose everything that was created. The Constitution has no meaning unless it's in context. It's really important because I myself often forget that I don't know what it's like not to be free. And I think so many people are like that too. We assume that there's, there's, we know there's so many problems, but there's so much that we take for granted in our everyday lives because of these freedoms. And I just, it's kind of crazy that we've never, we've never tasted freedom like someone who didn't have it before, which makes me really grateful, but kind of sad in a way because I want to be able to see with that lens, but history kind of allows us to do that and studying that allows us to remain there. And so I think that's really cool and really interesting. Well, you know, I would actually include myself here in saying that I think younger generations today um, need a, a better understanding of, you know, what the true value of freedom is and the consequences of alternatives like socialism. Um, you know, as part of my work on social security, I'm very familiar with a congressman, Sam Johnson, who passed away this um, last year. And he had this quote put on the dais in the Ways and Means Committee, and it was sketched into a wall by a former POW camp um, of POW camp um, prisoner of his at Hanoi Hilton. And that quote was, freedom has a taste to those who fight and almost die that the protected will never know. And I think we need to remember, you know, where we've come from as a nation and to embrace and learn from history instead of attempting to erase it. So I would suggest you know, reading more about how our nation was founded um, and just understanding and looking into what is life truly like in some of these places that we think might need, be more desirable than our current system. Next is John Kogan. And this is kind of more of a individual everything you do in life type of response, which I also love. Um, I think this one's really cool because I've started living by this since he told me and since we talked about this. Um, and I think it's just really important to put effort in. And since I've put effort in, I feel so much happier. I've been able to reflect on the skills that I've gotten instead of just the accomplishments. Um, I don't know. I just, I really respected this response and I really liked it. And I don't pretend to, uh, to know what should be uppermost in uh, young uh, individuals' minds. But I can tell you, for me, in my lifetime, the major lesson that I have learned is the importance of striving to achieve excellence. It is far more important in life to strive to achieve excellence and that actually achieving a particular goal is far less important than the striving. And my thinking on this is that each of us has a gift. Each of us has a unique characteristic 
or set of characteristics that makes us special. And the rewards in life come from striving to find your unique gifts and to use them to achieve what is good for you or to achieve what I call excellence. And so this applies to all aspects of life. It applies to your education. Try to achieve excellence there. If you're in athletics, strive to achieve excellence. Raising a family, which will come down the road, strive to achieve excellence. And of course, in your career, try to achieve excellence. You will find that this effort or this journey is very important and that the actual uh, award that you might receive, reward that you might receive, promotion, uh, um, winning some contest, that those are just icing on the cake and that the real joy of life and the real satisfaction in life is coming through that striving uh, to achieve uh, excellence. So that's my thought for you. So next, David Bowes, he talks about how the world is so much better. We're so much better off than we were before. We are better now than we've ever been, regardless of the problems we still face today. And I don't know, it's really interesting because lots of people, especially kids my age who haven't studied economics or anything like that, don't have a grasp on that. And I still struggle to have a grasp on that because there's no way for us to know just without understanding numbers, graphs don't make sense. So seeing a graph saying, oh, we're doing 300 times better. Well, that doesn't mean that much if you don't, again, understand the context. So I don't know. I just think it's a really good response. And the way he explained it was really cool and like made a lot of sense. I think the most important thing that young people probably don't realize is that the world is so much better than it used to be because we don't focus on what's good. We focus on the problems. We talk about poverty, inequality, AIDS, COVID, um, racism, all those kinds of things. What we don't think about is in the first place, for 10,000 years, the world was just pretty stagnant. That if, if you were a farmer, your son would be a farmer in the same place, and his son, and his son, and his son. And I'm saying son because the women would just be the wives. Um, and then around 1750 or so in Northwestern Europe, that started to change, and suddenly things were getting better. We, we realized things could get better, and they did. And we're now who knows, 30 times richer than our ancestors in 1800 were. And richer doesn't mean that we're like Bill Gates. It means that we have houses, we have internal heating, we have more than one pair of pants. Um, we don't understand how poor people were for so many years. But even in my own lifetime, um, people were much poorer in the 1950s, the 1960s. I shouldn't say much poorer. I mean, we did get a television when I was a kid. It was black and white, and then later we got a color television. But comfort, convenience, everyone participating in the social and economic life of the nation, um, 
So much of that has changed. Women's rights, gay rights, more respect for immigrants, for racial minorities. Um, in the past 25 years, a billion people have come out of extreme poverty around the world. Now, there's still poverty, and we should still be concerned about it, and we should still talk about what would make more people come out of poverty. But I think too often we forget how much better in terms of prosperity, equality, liberty, dignity, things are than they used to be. Then you have Eli Dorado, on the other hand, which I also loved. He said that we should be pissed off because it could be so much better. We were supposed to have flying cars. Where is my flying car? I don't have a flying car. I have a Honda Fit. Like that's It doesn't fly. I wish it did. That would be kind of cool. But we could be doing so much better. And I think that paired with the fact that we are doing better than ever before and that that is a common misconception along with the fact that we are already, we're fine. We're doing great. When we could be doing better, I think it's important to really understand that because knowing what people back when Back to the Future came out, knowing what they thought our society was going to look like five years ago in 2015 kind of is an expectation. And we didn't hit that, even though we probably could have. And so understanding what is still in our way in order for us to maximize our potential as a society. And honestly, it would be fun to have flying cars. I maximize our fun output. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think your generation should be extremely unhappy with the economic and technological progress that we have made over the last 50 years. If you think back to the end of World War II and you look at total factor productivity, which is probably the most important measure of, of overall economic growth, it grew at a rate of around 2% per year up until the early 1970s. And then suddenly it fell in half and it's been averaging you know, le less than 1% per year ever since. Um, so productivity went, growth went down 50 years ago, and we've been living with much lower rates of economic change for, for decades now. And that means that lots of technological advances that in the 60s we thought we would have by now, you know, we don't have. So, you know, clean energy, too cheap to meter, or, you know, flying cars. If you think back to the, the movie, Back to the Future 2, you know, that there were flying cars in that, and that takes place in 2015, and it was made in the 80s. And so they thought by then we would have flying cars. You know, High-speed air travel. Concord had its first flight in, in 1969, and today we don't have it. We don't have even have Concord. We don't have anything better than Concord or even Concord itself. You know, space travel. Uh, we landed on the moon in, in 1969. Uh, the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, which was made in 1968, thought we would have space hotels by the year 2001. Um, only, you know, uh, only 12 people have ever walked on the moon, uh, and most of them are now dead. So the, and the youngest one just turned 85. Um, and then our physical infrastructure is no different than it was in the 1960s. Interstate highways and subways and airports today are really not so different than they were 50 years ago. So in all these ways, you know, economic, uh, economic productivity has, has stagnated and, and you guys should be. Uh, very angry that uh, you know, the, the baby boomers did not give you uh, a better uh, situation as you're starting out. So I think these responses, especially all paired together, really just, I don't know, 
I feel like they sum up everything that I get out of my podcast and everything that I hope that you get out of my podcast also. I really want to thank you, my listeners, because I don't know, I feel so supportive and I've heard so many conversations and explorations individually and also in groups stem from this and I just think it's so cool and also I never would have thought that it could grow like this but it has and I really feel like I want to keep exploring with you guys because it's so fun and I really hope that I don't know I hope you guys like it because I like it and you know there's that um but I just wanted to thank you guys again because I don't know it means the world to me that you listen because I I don't I don't like the sound of my voice I probably wouldn't listen to myself but you know <laughs> I wanted to give a special thanks to all my friends at the CGO especially Ian Namelka and Mark Morris my team I love you guys thank you so much for everything you've done for me I would have had so many technical issues if not for you um, along with so many other things I don't know I don't think this sort of growth would have been possible without you guys and I've honestly I think I've gotten the most out of it that I possibly could through partnering with you guys so shout out to the CGO I also want to thank my peers and my family because I don't know I'm I'm never bored I always am forced to think outside the box inside the box going inside and outside the box just thinking about situations in different ways and having some sort of animated discussion regardless of what it is regardless of what stance you take even if you don't believe in it it's it's just unbelievably cool and I don't know I mean I'm not I don't spend time looking at other groups of teenagers but I have never seen that even in like TV no one ever shows anything like that so I just think it's extremely cool and I want to thank all of you And again, thank you for listening to my podcast. I will catch you next year. Stay tuned for season two. Bye.